0: Would you please stand for the reading of the Word of God if you are able. Beginning at verse 16 through the end of the chapter, verse 23. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death Or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the Word of God for the people of God. God. Amen. You may be seated. I want to tell you a story about a person you may have heard of. A legendary person with a legendary story. Does anybody know the name Robert Johnson? Yes. Someone does. I'm going to tell you in a little bit, but I will tell you this. Robert Johnson is the one who is well-known or in some circles well-known for going down to a crossroads and making a deal. Anybody remember that one now? Some of us do. I will tell you the story in a moment. But first of all, let me ask you a question. Has anybody here, anybody, made a deal with anybody or anything to be in bondage? What about... Anybody under today under the direct influence of wicked forces and or demons, and maybe you may believe you're not. Maybe you may believe you are. But what if I tell you that bondage does not mean that you are possessed? Oh, did you not know Paul was in bondage to Jesus Christ? How many of us are in bondage? A few more. (laughs) Does your answer change when you realize that if you're not in bondage to Jesus Christ, you are in bondage to sin? How many of us are in bondage? Every last one of us, either Jesus Christ or sin. One or the other. We all are in bondage. And bondage doesn't mean trapped necessarily. It means caught up in, slaved to, or a part of something that you cannot, by your own power, remove yourself. Let me tell you the story of Robert Johnson, and you'll understand why I ask when you hear more about this bondage we speak of. Robert Johnson was born in the early 1900s. Robert Johnson could play guitar. He was from Mississippi, from the Delta region. The Delta region is where the blues music would come in our country, formed in the Delta blues, if you will. And uh, Robert Johnson was a young man, played guitar, and so the legend goes that he went down to a crossroads to wait for someone. And someone met him there and said, I will give you whatever you want in exchange for your soul. Apparently... Robert Johnson wanted the ability to be a legendary blues guitar player and made the deal, they say, with the devil that day. Robert Johnson put out 12 classic blues songs and died mysteriously shortly thereafter. All we have are 12 classic songs that people still play and sing and are familiar with that Robert Johnson made famous and then he died. So, the story goes like this. Robert Johnson, so the legend goes, went down to the crossroads to make a deal with the devil. He left with his guitar and the devil left with his soul. He willingly went into bondage. He did not understand that what he was asking for had other consequences. Doesn't it always? You see, the way the enemy puts things and the way people put things when they're trying to get you into an agreement makes it the best case scenario for you. You ever gotten into a bad contract? <laughs> Cell phone? TV? Satellite? Uh, for some land or something like that where you bought a bridge, <laughs> basically? Anybody? Anybody? Maybe you ended up in a contract and you had to stay in it or find a loophole or a way out. Most of the times it's hard to get out of one. I am in one right now that my family and I do not like. But the picture was painted. Oh, you'll have everything you want. It'll be half the cost of what you're paying now. And it'll be perfectly rosy. And you'll be so glad you did it. They didn't give us the rest of the story. That what he sold us was a bill of goods. And now we have nothing of what we wanted and everything of which we do not for two years. Unless we want to pay the easy out fee of a half a grand. We got taken. So I tried to find loopholes and I could not find one. I'm still looking. But i got to tell you, this contract, and this is why I'm talking about this today, has us in bondage to this company that we do not like. Oh, how it was back in Egypt, we're thinking. (laughs) Back in the better program. We are wishing we could go back and get out of bondage to this one and back to bondage, which we liked, to the other one. But... The contract, when you write a contract, folks know more about this than I do. I just know a few things that I learned over the years. But for a contract to be binding and legal, there have to be a few things that are present. One of them is both parties have to be of sound mind. There have to be clear terms spelled out in the agreement. There has to be mutual assent, which means both parties of sound mind have the ability to enter into this contract and it makes sense. And the last thing is there has to be an agreement made upon the stated value in terms of who gets what. If you ever decide to test the validity of a contract in court, they are not going to listen to your personal tales of misery and woe and how much you don't like the contract. They're not going to say, well, you know, sorry for your luck, I guess it's okay if we make them cancel the contract with no consequences of a legally binding contract. They're not going to do that. There is, however, a test. Maybe you've heard of It's called the reasonable person or reasonable man test. And that is this. Would a person in their right mind have agreed to this and it be a reasonably valuable thing for a reasonable person? If the answer is yes, regardless of how you feel about it, you're in the contract. It's called a reasonable man clause. That's what I think it is. And I know some people are going, there's no man reasonable out there. I agree with that. See, there's some people saying that. But um, I want to share with you that there are other contracts in life that we... Are in that are just as bad, if not worse. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about different contracts over the years, and I think the worst one that was ever agreed upon was in Genesis. Maybe you don't remember it, but it's like this You eat this fruit, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And surely you won't die. You won't die, He's just messing with you. Not going to happen. What went wrong with that contract? We are under that contract, my friends. We are under that contract. Eat this and you won't die. You will know good and evil just like God. It's a good thing. It's a win-win thing. That's how the enemy presented it, wasn't it? But the consequences of that contract were not spelled out accurately. Remember, he said, surely you will not die by eating some fruit. <laughs> surely you won't. Uh-oh. He doesn't say, you will not. But don't, do you really think you're going to die eating this? That's what he says. Hear this. And this is how he gets stuck in these contracts. You know, a reasonable person realizes, that's not going to happen. You're not going to die. You're going to eat the fruit, you're going to know good and evil, that's not going to kill you, that's not life threatening. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's right. Yeah. But what he does not say is that the person who put the original contract of life and the tree of life there might change the terms of their contract because we broke it. Nope. Didn't remember the other woman in place, so we put a new one there and not ever realizing or negotiating and saying, well, let me check to see if this violates the terms of my other agreement. <laughs> does God really want me to eat this when He told me not to? When, when the contract there is death, how is it that this contract is going to not violate that one? Doesn't make sense, does it? But there is no reasonable Person who's going to not agree to something that makes sense in the here and now. Well, I could be like God, and then I can make my own contract with myself. I'll know good and evil, and everything's fine. Isn't this how it works? Just try this one time. You'll see, you like it. Don't worry, the first one is free. Of course. That's how they catch you. Get three months free of all the movie channels and then you forget to cancel it or you get used to it. You get stuck into it. And then you're paying more than you ever thought you would for stuff. Or maybe we'll give you more data. Try it for a month for free. And after that, you go, well, I deserve this, so I'll pay for it. And we do. And we do. Those are the kind of contracts where we think that the answer that we want and what we want now is more important than the consequences of later we don't ask the questions, what does this cost long term? Eve didn't say that. What's this going to cost me long term? Am I going to still have that relationship with God? Will you be just like him? Why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, why wouldn't I be I minded? He's going to like that. Well, that's what Satan's trying to do. It didn't work for him either. If Satan got kicked out of heaven, do you think Adam and Eve might have the same problem? Do you think maybe that beautiful serpent's going, oh, I'm so beautiful, listen to me. You'll be just like me on good and evil. You'll be beautiful. You'll be wonderful. What he didn't tell the lady in the garden was this, your life's going to change drastically. There are consequences of disobeying God, but he knew that. He did not get full disclosure. And the fact of the matter is, in no contract is full disclosure required. Not all full disclosure of the consequences of the contract, just the terms. What that costs you doesn't have to be described. But what you agree to does. That's not necessarily good, is it? And death, in the contract that the devil was making with Eve, was ruled out as a consequence. Surely you won't die. Just mistaken there. <laughs> you know, he was just messing with you. God, doesn't, God wasn't serious about that. He couldn't have been. I mean, he loves you. Now, here's what she thought. If I won't really die, or this is what I think she thought, if I won't really die, this seems like a great deal. A win-win proposition. I get what I want. And I don't even ask what the snake wants and what he gets. I don't care about those terms. They're not spelled out. Seems he just wants me to be happy just like God. That's what he wants for me. He's a really nice guy. He must be a nice serpent. He wants me happy. (laughs) Hear that? Uh It's the pull of me. Ego, pride, selfishness. This is what you deserve. This is what matters. And then the contract is sealed. Robert Johnson, here's what you want. You've got that. He's got a legend, but he doesn't get to live to ever see it. That's sad. That's sad. That's tragic. Wouldn't it have been better for the man with those great gifts to have not have made a deal and said, you know, I'll work hard like everybody else and I'll get there when I get there. In Romans 6, where we're at today, it says that you and I are slaves of sin. But that's an insane relationship. Why would anybody want to be a slave of sin? I don't think we want to. I think it just happened. We sinned one time. We were slaves to it. We couldn't do anything about it. And the crazy thing about it is, is we agreed to the relationship. Something looked f- fine to us. Nobody will know. God won't know. I'll just see this thing, however old we were, however young we were. And there it was. Done. But there it is. Sin entered in. And the wages of sin is more sin. And the wages of more sin is death. But we don't think about that. We wanted the benefit that this thing promised. We chose it eagerly because it satisfied something that we wanted. We all did. So did you. Maybe in the back of your mind you thought there was a catch. Eh, maybe not. But maybe there's a catch. Yeah, but you know what? I'll just work around that. <laughs> there's always a work around of this thing. You ever taken a vehicle to a, a mechanic in... He's trying to fix one thing and he doesn't know how to fix it real well, so you go, well, at least he'll fix that and I'll get someone else to fix the other thing because he doesn't really seem to know what he's talking about. And you kind of make a second choice there. Maybe you don't have it like that. We've had contractors like that. I've had mechanics like that. I've had people who who cook in restaurants do that. Well, they can do this and I'll have someone else do that. And we just kind of make contingency plans, but we also still agree to the bad choice. Why? Because you saw the immediate reward and chose that as worth any consequence that might follow. The question is, did you know who you were negotiating with? First rule of any contract is to know who you're dealing with. Check out their reputation. Check to see if they're faithful to keep their end. I imagine if uh, Eve had gone a little bit further into that background check and asked the Father, hey, uh, this uh, beautiful serpent here says if I eat that tree, I'm not going to die and I want to know good and evil. I'm going to be just like you. You know, I'd really love that. And so, um, tell me more about you. She didn't do that. She saw what? That it was good to eat. Good for what? for her. Not for anybody else. But once she tasted it, she said to her husband, or I guess it's the husband, and she didn't have any other choice, um, this is good. Eat it. It's really good. I, didn't, I ate it. Look, I'm not dead. I ate it and I'm not dead. There is this thing that... God said, if you eat this, you're going to die. Well, I it. I'm still here. Don't eat it. And He does. Same logic that was portrayed to her through the enemy. You won't die. You won't die. And they ate. Who was that negotiating with at that moment? Was it Eve? Or was it the fallen nature of Eve? Would Eve, had she known that she was dragging someone into her misery of sin and bondage to the enemy, have wanted him to go with her if she loved him? Maybe she's thinking, I don't want to be alone in this thing, so let's both go together, you know? At least we'll both be miserable together. There's no logic in this, is there? There's nothing in there that says this contract makes sense, especially looking back thousands of years to see. This isn't good at all. In the verse that's on the screen, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord. We negotiated ourselves into that wages of sin is death contract. It's the same as in Genesis 3. And Satan wants you dead. He doesn't want you fruitful, multiplying. He wants you dead. Do you understand? For Him to win, you must be removed. He is not your friend. Sin does not make you happy long term. It may be a short term pleasurable gain, but you have a long term sacrifice to pay for it. This assent, which they call in a contract mutual assent, says that you have an agreement of two people who understand the terms. But I'm telling you that Jesus Christ came on Calvary and said the assent is removed because you did not have agreeable terms. And Calvary says it's over. That contract with sin does not have to remain over your life. The wages of that contract is death. It does not matter how it's presented or how beautiful it looks. It's still dead. The only way to get out of that is the eternal God of Christ Jesus who has given Himself on Calvary. Sound minds do not engage sin and they do not engage the enemy. Sound minds. But a mind that is self-focused and trying to improve their own life over-improving the world will engage the enemy to make this happen. The death clause was not clearly explained to Eve. And it wasn't explained to you and me. And it's not explained clearly to people who do not believe in Jesus Christ. They will die without Jesus Christ and the saving grace, they will die. People try to logically argue it out. Well, you know, it's not fair if they haven't heard about Jesus. They shouldn't die. But it's true that we will all die. But there is something that when you belong to Jesus Christ, that you will never die, but live forever. This is part of the contract that God renegotiates with you and I on Calvary. The one of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden was disrupted. We broke it. But God says, I'm getting you back to the tree of life contract because I never failed my part. I still did what I had to do to keep my end of the deal. You messed up. So now I've got to get away to get you back to the argument table or the agreement table or the contract table and get the ascent that was removed back in place. So that we have an agreeable deal on the table that says your sin and shame is on Calvary and you get the tree of life back. Mm-hmm. Calvary is the tree of life for us. Mm-hmm. We come back to the garden and renegotiate. And God says... The church hasn't changed. It's still eternal life on the table for you. You lost it, but I still have it. Mm -hmm. For you. Any reasonable person who understands that is going to come to that agreement and say, what do I got to do? What's my part? And he's going to say, remove the old contract. Stop living that life. like it's valid over your life still. You are no longer on the sin. You are under the righteousness of God when you come to this table. Live under that. Oh, I you know I'm not worthy. He's saying I'm not asking you to be worthy. It's my life, my eternal life I'm giving you. It's not based on your worth, it's based on your willingness. Who wouldn't agree to that? The clear terms of the deal we signed with Satan are shown in the death of Christ. You mm-hmm. say, what do you mean? Let me share with you this. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. You're either going to die for yourself or you're going to let His death cover you. But it's got to be covered. You saw the brutality that Jesus suffered. You saw the passion of Christ. that didn't even cover it all. only covered part of it. was unrecognizable. You can still see him as a human form there. But I'm sharing with you that's what sin does. It creates death. Now, the question I have for you is in this contract, do you understand the wages of sin is death is what Jesus Christ is saying? I am carrying the debt of death, of sin. Now, which contract do you want under? The old one? Where you have to pay the wages of your sin or the new one which I sign with my blood on Calvary in my resurrection that says you have a new deal here. Which one do you want? Mm -hmm. And we get a little wiser. (laughs) We're not like Eve. No, no, no. We're not like Eve. We're going to find out can I trust Jesus? Mm -hmm. How do I know this is in some sort of scam? How do I know this, this isn't something I... And, and we start, you know, not going directly to the table, we start looking around for other options. What else can I do here? What else can I do to wiggle out of this sin mess? What else can I do over here? And we don't come to the table because now we're checking out the one who's agreed in the agreement with us to see if he's really who he is. <clears throat> he says he's the only way to get to God. Well, let me check. Let me try to let me try Shintoism. Let me try Muslim. Oh, none of that works. Huh? Okay, let me try uh, Native American, New Age, Zoroastrianism, Zen. Let's try it all. And then we can finally come to the table and say, I'll try it all. You're The only option I have left. let me try you. And Jesus says, I've been here all along. Waiting. All my cards are on the table. I'm not hiding anything. You can trust this deal. But how many of us are so nervous whatever deal we sign to commit? I remember the first truck I bought. I'm sorry, the second truck I bought. My first truck I bought, I had a year, I was upside down on the loan, and here comes a nice used car sale. It's a win-win. We'll take care of it. We'll put it in the loan. That way, You can have this truck and be out of that truck, which is what you want. But you're going to owe more for this truck than it's worth, and you're going to pay longer on it, and more. And we're going to make a lot of money off you, but you'll be giving Americans jobs. You'll be doing a great thing. And I'm going, this is a win-win. I get what I want. I save America. I get to do all that great stuff. And he said, "Uh, you want a sign? I said, let me go pray. He goes, Right? Right. You want to pray? So yeah. Before I sign anything, i pray. you, Okay? So I went in the back into the fourth place. And I walked well, thank you, God, if my hand doesn't write, I'm not buying it. That was my prayer. Stop me from signing this thing. Emergency call, anything, and I won't, I'll know it's the wrong thing to do. Came back up, and I signed without a hitch. You know what I got into? I got into the chug I had Three more years. I really liked it and after three years I had so many miles when it wasn't worth anything and I still hope like half the value. wasn't worth a thing. And there I was thinking, what happened to me? I got into a contract that I wanted because I didn't want the old one. But the new one wasn't so good either. So I learn to check before I sign and I sign with fear and trembling. Unless I'm confident that I'm willing to go all in. With Jesus Christ, you can sign willingly and go all in without shame, fear, or regret ever. This is what He's saying to us. This is the tree of life, the tree of hope. It is a resurrection that truly is a resurrection. The clear terms of the deal are shown in that Jesus died to fulfill His end. Don't miss this. Remember what the serpent said? Surely you won't die. What well, Jesus did for you. Surely sin does take a life. Mm-hmm. But God's willing to bring us back to the negotiating table by giving His own son to get us there. That's love. That's love. Because we chose not to accept His free contract and took the one who put us in bondage to the devil. That's tragic to me. It really hurts to know that we do that. And what happens in the New Testament, you read this uh, over and over again, how people have found freedom and they don't understand what it means. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 9, it says, After you've now known God, or rather known by God, how is it that you want to turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? We're free. Why do we want to be back in bondage? Why do we want to sell short? The grace of Jesus Christ in our life. I don't know why we would want to do that. Why any sane person would ever want to do that. In the verse 30 of that same chapter, it says, What does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. And this is talking about the two contracts. One by faith. One by human effort. It's uh, the tale of Abraham's two sons, <laughs> Ishmael and Isaac. Cast out the one that is in you, you want, the way you want it and go for the one that God promised you. That's what he's saying. Cast, cast out. I'm going to show you what cast out means. I'm trying to find something that won't break. <laughs> I have... Uh, there's a pen right here I've been using to color the A, the words on it. It's a sharpie. I show you what cast out means. It doesn't mean like, okay, I have this bad habit, I have this sin in my life, I need to look at it, think about it. Oh God, can you can you clean it up? Can you do it doesn't mean that at all. When he says cast out, it means get rid of it. Have nothing to do with it. Nothing. It is no longer a part of the contract with Jesus Christ. It's righteousness. It's holiness. It's freedom. It's no longer in bondage to death. You're living for God now. The ascent to the old contract on your part has been removed. You no longer have to be in the contract of bondage to Satan and wicked forces. But you must come under the young servant of Jesus Christ to do so. He said, but I don't want to be under bondage to anybody. Jesus says, are you tired and weary? Is your soul worn out? Then come to Me and find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden my bondage my ownership of you is easy it's light do you understand what he's saying is what he's trying to do for you fits you it's not burdensome it's not difficult But until you understand that all the commands, the Ten Commandments and the 600-some others that are in the Old Testament are hard for you to do, you're still in bondage to sin. It's time to break the contract. Get out of that one. Come back to the table of Jesus Christ and negotiate the true deal that says you can be free from this for an eternity. And I don't know about you, but this morning, I don't want you to go to a crossroads, literally, the cross, and sell your soul when you find your life there. Jesus says, what does it gain a man that loses his soul and gain a whole world? Rather, come and lay down your soul and your life at the feet of Jesus, and you will find it. It's a scary proposition because nobody can negotiate like God. Nobody else can do what He said He could do. He's the only one who can fulfill this contract. Shall we say this? It's a lose on His part to win on ours. He loses His Son to win us. But by winning us, He gains His Son back in resurrection where we can be together forever. For me, for me, this is a good deal. It's reasonable. And a reasonable person ought to enter into it. It's an eternal contract that is wonderful. The question is, what are you bondage to? Who are you bondage to? And what is it that he's taking your joy and peace rather than giving it to you? Running over. This is the question we ask this week. And I promise you there's an answer. At the foot of the cross. And next week I'm going to show you to do in your life what I just did with that sharply. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you said to cast out the old life. It's no longer a part of who we are. We keep reclaiming the identity we're so familiar with. And living back in that mess. And we think it's who we are, it's our identity, it's what we're familiar with, but it's not true. Our life is hidden with you in Christ. And so I'm asking this morning if anybody needs to get out of that bondage, that selfish, self-centered, self-focused, lack of righteousness and holiness lifestyle, just needs to start anew to come back to you again. Come back to the table and say, God, I've made decisions that weren't healthy I've lived a life that doesn't make sense in your kingdom. I'm not producing fruit for your glory. God, whatever it is you want to do with my life, I come back to your table and I ask you to take me in and in into your arms and restore me back to the tree of life so I don't have to fear anything anymore. Heavenly Father, I ask that we were praying that today, needs that, their soul is hungry for that. And today will be the day you fulfill it. This August 21st, 2016. Amen.